Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast of the Right Reverend Riles. Coming at you today with over 35 years of experience in full-time Christian work, ministry, and church service. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Blessings. in the first place, she was a Shemite, so maybe of an olive, tan skin color, brown skin. But now we see that the mark of leprosy placed upon the Hebrew people that meant sin was the fact that when you looked on them, they were white. Come on, folks. I know you're not y'all. I know y'all never heard Bible preached before and y'all hearing Bible for the first time but I'm just giving it to you straight, just like the Bible says it. So you can draw your own conclusion from that if you want to, but that's what the Bible says. Okay, so let's get that straight. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not this sin, notice that, sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly and wherein we have sinned. So Aaron is confession time. God spoke, passes judgment. When God left, Miriam was leprous. And Aaron's like, uh-oh, what has happened to me? Miriam was the oldest in the family, and it, it happened to her. And probably, not no, don't know for sure, probably didn't happen to Aaron because Aaron was a high priest. As a high priest, Aaron could not go and serve in the tabernacle if he had leprosy. He had been kicked out of the camp, and therefore the whole high priest system and ceremony they had set up would have been gone. One of Aaron's sons may have had to step up or Aaron might have to die or we don't know. But we, we, we God doesn't say here exactly what that was. But he said we know that the, the, the judgment fell upon Miriam and Aaron wasn't too comforted because he didn't get it. He's the one sitting here confessing to Moses, asking Moses for forgiveness. Let her not be as one dead. There it is. Dead. He's talking about that. Of whom the flesh is half consumed. When he cometh out of his mother's womb and Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. The meekest man in the earth, his older brother and sister went against him, criticized him because of the interracial mixed marriage he was in. And it's really not anything such as race, but we'll, we'll use that term because everybody knows what I mean when I say interracial. Criticize him because of that. So they go against him. God passes judgment on Miriam and, in a sense, on Aaron. Aaron asked for forgiveness, repenting here, and Moses is the one that goes to God and says, God, I, I beg you, can, you, can you heal them? Can you forgive them? I, I, I beseech you, God. Wow, what a spiritual man. I don't know, if, 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 if somebody criticized my wife, 
Hey, what'd you do? Somebody criticize your wife? Somebody in the church, pastor, criticize your wife? Start speaking against your program, against you? Hey, mm, I don't know if I would have done, but Moses is a much more spiritual man than I am. And the Lord said unto Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, speaking of Miriam, should she not be ashamed seven days? But I don't have time to explain that. That's something that a, a, a father ashamed of their daughter could do. And the daughter would be unclean seven days. Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. So God says, yes, I can forgive them. I can heal her as you ask. But if a father and daughter has a disagreement and the father just says the daughter dishonored him and she's dishonored for seven days, Miriam did the same thing. So let her, even though she will be healed, let her still be shut out seven days. And after that, let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward, the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. There you have it, okay? The whole work of God was slowed down and put on temporary pause because of the sin of two of the leaders in the work of God against the leader. And they had to wait until she came back in the camp again. But notice what God does in this chapter. The, even though God, God mentions in the very beginning of the chapter, because he wanted to let you know, why Miriam and why Aaron were upset with Moses because of the Ethiopian woman that they married. They're upset because he did not marry a Hebrew woman, a Shemite. So God lets you know that. But when God comes and corrects them, he doesn't say anything about the Ethiopian woman whom Moses married. There's no judgment against Moses. There's no cut against Moses anywhere in the Bible because he married the Ethiopian woman. But there is judgment against Miriam and Aaron. And God's saying, hey, this is my man. This is God's man. This is the one that I pick. Be careful when you speak against God's man. In fact, the best thing probably for you to do, if you're in a situation where you feel like, hey, the pastor of this church, the leader of this church is not going the right way. If you feel like that is the case, probably the best thing for you to do is just quietly leave. Because when you go against the pastor of a church and you go against the man of God, even if the man of God is wrong and you have this anger and you have this, this uh, upsetness like Miriam and Aaron were, it doesn't bode well for the church at all, for the work of God at all. And that's, that's just advice I'm saying. It, it, it's those, those words that I just said here, advice, about if the pastor is wrong, it's not written here. There is there are other there's ways in the Bible where where that can be corrected. That God has given in the church deacons to help in those areas, other spiritual men in the in the church area. If you feel like the pastor has is going off the rails or wrong, there is ways you can do that, and that's not what this lesson is about. But I just want to put that out there for those of you who may think that in that situation that happens. That happens in, in American churches. Pastors are not infallible. They're not perfect. They they can mess up and do things wrong. Does that mean we should uh, kick them out of the church? That's not necessarily so. That's that's a whole other lesson, though. But I just want to focus here on the main lesson. So now that you have the Bible, that base is in there. 
and you have what God says about interracial marriage with this point right here. And you know that the focus, the Bible is telling us here that the focus here is not upon the interracial marriage. The focus here is upon the faith of the man of God. It's upon following God, doing what God says. If you have two people and it's an interracial marriage, should you criticize them? Are they following God? The focus is on faith, not on who you got married to. The focus is on faith, not on skin color. The focus is on obedience to God, not on nationality. Aaron and Miriam got tied up in the nationality of the pastor's wife or Moses' wife. But God said there should be more emphasis put upon faith and obedience and service to God than it is upon the nationality of whom Moses married. And as far as we can tell from the Bible, this was never mentioned again. Nothing was mentioned about God about the interracial marriage other than God telling you what Aaron and Miriam thought. And nothing is ever mentioned again from here until Moses' death about the marriage at all. Now that we have the Bible in us, and now we're going to build our thoughts on the Word of God. We, we have the basis now for how we should think and what we should think from the Word of God. Now let's go with that fact from the Word of God, how God views interracial marriage, what God thinks about interracial marriage, what his priorities are with interracial marriage. By the way, the only time that God did talk about being careful who you get married to is if you get married to somebody who is not of the faith, they're not saved. And he calls it an equal yoke or somebody even they, they might be of the faith, but they're going to take you away because of their, their walk with God is not the same as your walk with God. So they're going to take you away from your walk with God if you get married to them. Getting married for the wrong reasons is marrying somebody just because of their looks, lusts, stuff like that, and also getting married to somebody uh, who is not of who's not a saved Christian. So that's the things that God criticizes in the Bible about marriage, but He never comes out and criticizes the Bible about interracial marriage. And we know from the testimony of those African women who got saved, who joined with the people of Israel, became leaders and great families in the nation of Israel and put in the line of Christ. With all that Bible knowledge and doctrine we get from the word of God, now let's talk about America today. Let's talk about where we are at, where our hearts are at, where our feelings are at, and let's see if we can help minister to people today and focus our thoughts on God's word, thinking God's thoughts after he thinks them, let's do that now. I have had people say to me, well, brother, you know how those people are, and you know how those people act. And they were referring to Black people, saying how they are and how they act. And of course, their acting was not normal. So I've had some friends of mine, when they hear somebody say that, usually a white person, they get upset and they get mad. Well, it was wrong for that person to say that, but I want us to focus on what God says about that issue, about how some people, usually white folks, 
think about some Black folks or all Black folks, that there is prejudice, there is discrimination, there is racism going on in America today. Yes, not as much as the media out there puts it, but it is still going on because it is sin, so you will still have sin going on until Christ comes back. But let's listen to these words from God. And these words are going out to my Black friends on how they should approach this issue. God says in First Chronicles 12.32 that David surrounded himself, King David surrounded himself with a certain group of men. Here's what it says. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them who were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. So that verse tells us that there were certain men in the golden age of Israel with King David who knew the times in which they lived, understood them and knew what Israel ought to do and give good counsel to them. So let me do that and give good counsel to you. Those are who are discouraged about racism in America today and racism in the church today. Understand the times in which we are living, in which you are living. There was a time in the world where Africa ruled the modern world. It's hard for us to believe that because we're living in America today where we are considered the minority. And there has been some stigmatism placed upon Black people and some stigmatism that Black people have placed upon themselves because we look at ourselves in America as a minority and we look at the controlling group of people, if you will, majority of white people controlling and being the heads of everything and the leaders of everything, okay? But let's look at history and the entire world. And the Bible tells us that Africa ruled the modern world during the times of Moses. In Egypt, there were many countries in Africa that ruled. So the solution to this problem is not to focus so much on what other people say and do, but to focus on what we ourselves say and do. Putting everything in perspective of human history, every single nationality, major nationality, has had a chance to rule the world by God. So there was a time when Israel, the Shemites, ruled the world. There was a time when the Hamites, the Africans, ruled the world. And there's a time when the Japhethites, the Europeans, ruled the world. We are in that time right now where the Europeans are the majority population and majority people in charge of business and commerce here in America. That's just the times in which we live. And that helps us to understand the times and we realize that knowledge is the key. The reason why we're sometimes bitter and upset and think low or woe is me and the white man is ruling everything and 
the boss man is keeping me down and holding me down is because we do not understand the times in which we live and we don't have the knowledge. Has It has not, not been taught to us about the world and world history. Here's another verse that God says, and I want you to put this in your heart and your mind. And here's the key. This is the answer right here. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. There it is right there. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no more, be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. That's it right there. God's telling us the exact answer to the exact problems we have in America today. Why the race rioting and bitterness and hatred that people feel in America today is because they are being destroyed because they have no knowledge. What happened to all the great African kingdoms that we had in the past? What happened to Egypt? What happened to the Sumerians? What happened to the Ethiopians? What happened to all those great huge kingdoms that were in Africa and the Middle East and Israel at that time? What happened to those kingdoms? You have to get the knowledge. So the problem is that my people, the black folks, are not being taught the right knowledge. And we can't just sit there and wait for somebody to come along and teach us. We have to go out there and seek it for ourselves and find it for ourselves. So we can't depend upon society to always teach us the right things because many times society and people in society will lie to us. Some people will lie to us in order to just get our vote. They really don't care anything about black people. They just want your vote. So they'll say whatever they have to say just to get your vote. So we are becoming messed up in the mind because we're hearing of all these stories about racism and this person here and this here and rioting here and Black Lives Matter here and this matter here. Why is all that happening having an effect in the black community? Because we lack the knowledge. Once we gain the knowledge, we gain the understanding and we can react accordingly. And we don't have to react with violence. We don't have to react with killing. Okay. What happened to the great African kingdoms? God raised them up. Read, read, read your Bible. Find out. Read your Bible. Find out. The great African kingdoms were God was blessing them until, get this, until they turned their backs on God. God raises up rulers. Get this, Psalm 75, verses 5 through 7. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion, get that, promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. So who promotes kings and kingdoms? God does. We may think, oh, it's the Democrat party that's going to give me my promotion. It's the Republican party that's going to give me my promotion. God promotes and lifts up whom he wills. The ruler's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and he turneth it whithersoever he will. God 
is the one that promotes and lifts up. So if you want to get in with God, it doesn't matter. Hear me. Hear me on this. You get in with God. It doesn't matter what the white man or whatever man thinks about you, my people. You get in with God and nobody can stop you. The white man can't stop you. Nobody can stop. And that's the problem. We think we're being held back. We think we're being stopped. We think we're being cut short. We think we're being stolen from. We think we're being used by this society and by America. When in a sense, when in, in, what God says, you get with God and nobody can stop you and you can rise to the top in America today. Doesn't matter what other people think about you. It's time to stop being a victim of society and becoming a victor through Jesus Christ. And that's my message to you. That's my message with all this interracial marriage, which this topic is on today. It doesn't matter in the plan of God. It does not matter what they think about you. If you are in interracial marriage, you're thinking about an interracial marriage, you're in one, you're it does not matter. Your kids are mixed and you have, it does not matter. Focus upon that right there. Change the way you think, change your attitude and it will change your world. Yes, there, there are people out there who are evil, who are not following God. Yes, there is a world system that is against you, but you become a Christian you serve the Lord, you accept Jesus Christ as your savior, you have him guide you, you read your word every day, you pray your pray every day, you go to a good church and you serve God and put that in your mind. I'm doing what God says. I'm following the Lord. Then there won't be any problem because you won't be out there uh, killing people and breaking in stores and looting and rioting in that fashion. Because you know God's on your side and you know whoever it is, whatever police officer that you think might be a racist police officer or can't stop you when you tie yourself in with God. Another thing that has been said to me in my presence about interracial marriage, I don't want my grandkids to face that about being brown, about being part in the white culture and part in the black culture and being mixed up and having to decide what that is. I mean, the, the, the thing was that it interracial marriage leads to children who can't fit in society because they're not part of the black community or part of the white community. They're just in the middle. Once again, we focus upon what God says. We've shown the Bible that interracial marriage, know, know the times, interracial marriage has been happening ever since the time of Abraham interracial marriage has been happening. There are a whole, right now, there are whole nationalities of people that were started because of an interracial marriage from a long time ago. So to say that interracial people cannot function or make it in society today, 
because they don't know what community, that is also another false statement. But you wouldn't know that unless you're in the Word of God, studying the Word of God, having God clean the cobwebs out of your mind so you can function in society today. You can be happy. You can be peaceful. You can be content. You can be blessed in society today, America today. And there is a stigma. Let's just go ahead and say it. There is a stigma that has been placed upon black folks or placed upon black people, placed to themselves and placed there by, by because uh, we had slavery, by white folks on there. But you don't let people place these stigmas on you unless God places it on you. Break free of that mindset because they're thinking, oh, because black people, they're cursed and therefore black people, they act this certain way. So therefore, I don't want any black people in my family. I don't want them marrying my sons or marrying my daughters because that brings that curse upon me. And, and of course, obviously, black people look very different from white people. So some the difference can make some people uncomfortable. Let's just acknowledge that and say that's true. But you as a Christian following God, white people and black people following God, realize this. God has placed the emphasis on your faith, not on your skin color. We can't say that enough. God has placed the emphasis on you serving him, not on what race you are. Again, race is a man-made term. It does not appear in the Bible. God didn't make up races. God made nationalities of people that went to different nations. So know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's it, my people. Be blessed by the best. My pastor friends are going to be so excited about this broadcast because I got it done in less than 30 minutes. All right, I'm out.